Bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Welcome to the Weird Things podcast. I'm Andrew Main, joined with here on the show, Justin Robert Young. Hi, everybody. What's going on? And you wondered, like, why did he screw up that intro? How could he possibly screw that up? It's because not only am I not the center video here, I've been pushed to the side. Brian's, we have no idea where Brian is. I think Brian did not survive the Diamond Dome. And instead, (laughs) Mr. Rice Castillo. Hi. The the master of Diamond Town is is, uh, in the house. I know, yeah. as revealed, the shocking reveal last week yeah. that uh, that he indeed runs Diamond Town. Uh, Brian is waylaid by the King of Random this week, right? Yeah, yeah. They they got together and they're busting some nuts and lighting oh, some shit on fire. So, uh, yeah. Wow, Bryce <laughs> coming out firing, stepping out into the center stage and just. <laughs> Oh, I got a, I got a call from sense. Brian yesterday. He says, like, yeah, Rand, we're doing, a, we're doing some videos together. It's a little bit different than my style. He cleared the room to go to this different approach, and it sounded like porn. I'm like, this is this sounds like, you know, this is exactly, you know, what happens when these things get made. And I'm like, hey, just be careful. Don't get in your eye. Exactly. He just starts uh, you know, pulling his belt off. He's like, what, Brian, are you not random? Oh, I thought you <laughs> were random. I thought that that was... I thought that we were connecting on how random everything was. This no, but labor, real, uh, like King of Random is a very adult, family-friendly channel, and is not. No, as yeah, far as we know, he's, he's absolutely gigantic. And and uh, listen, whatever whatever process they they got to go through to get the kind of videos that they need to get is uh, something to be happy about. So you'll be able to see everything on the Modern Rogue uh, coming up uh, soon. These things will be on the King of Random's channel, actually. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. Never mind then. So check yeah. him out over there. Gentlemen, let's jump right in. It's been a while since we talked about Mr. Elon Musk. What's yep. that? It's been, it's been uh, like over a month, I think. It's been a while on, on Elon Musk news. We've name-checked, but we haven't had a story. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, let's go. I, 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 just, I, I feel like I live in a, in a, in a perpetual uh, uh, e- Elon Musk uh, uh, cocoon, but uh, I'm, I, I, I want to apologize to our listeners if we have not uh, brought you Elon Musk news in a month. We will rectify it immediately. Listen, man, it's his simulation. We're all just puppets in it. So I think oh, that should be serious. clear by now. We are in a simulation designed for Elon Musk in which he gets to be king of the world. So uh, when you're Elon Musk, when you're, you're a gazillionaire, you own spaceships, you have uh, electric cars, you literally like your sweet ride is made by your car company and you can design whatever car you want. You have that, you know, you're into different things like, you know, have helped overturn financial transactions. You're getting invited to like big, you know, tech meetups with the president elect and also being put on, you know, asked for like economic advice and stuff. You know what? No matter how powerful you are, there's one force that nobody's bigger than. There's one equalizer. There's one thing. And I won't even say death now because, you know, Google and some other billionaires are trying to solve that. No, there's one force that humbles everybody. And that is L.A. traffic and Bay Area traffic. <laughs> Wait and a minute. I don't know if you, what's that? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, no, totally. This is this is the bane of my uh, existence, uh, you know, especially L.A. traffic. I just it, it just drives me up a, a, a wall. 
So uh, Elon Musk, you know, trying to bring the future faster has been dri driven nuts about this. One of the reasons he came up with the Hyperloop is during these long drives is he's got to go from you – know, he's got – he's basically got a compound up in Bel Air, which is near Hollywood. And then he, when he has to go drive to the, you know, SpaceX or the Tesla showroom south, way south of there, it's a long drive. And so he thinks about things like Hyperloops. Another thing he's been thinking about is uh, – it's like, look at this traffic, and Elon's got some ideas, and Elon has said that he's going to start a new company to solve this. Here's the tweet. His tweet says, read it? yeah, traffic is driving me nuts. I'm going to build a tunnel boring machine and just start digging, dot, dot, dot. Uh, uh, like, a, a little while later, he tweeted, I'm actually going to do this. And oh. is he actually going to do this? He doesn't lie. Um, can we, can I just take, just before we get into the, the micro here, can, can we, can it just understand the macro that when Twitter started, I think even Andrew and I, I remember when Twitter first started and Andrew and I were both like, I mean, come on, like really do we need micro blogging? And there was this whole groundswell of like, oh, do you really need to know whenever your friend goes to the bathroom? Is this a level of expression that's even worthwhile? And eventually we get mature and everybody has Twitter and we enjoy Twitter. But now we are literally at a point where, A, we, we have a, a president that says whatever he wants on Twitter beyond what we would assume would be possible before. And captains of industry like Elon Musk are just in traffic, hopefully not driving, tweeting, uh, traffic's driving me nuts. I'm going to have a digging company and I'm just going to get going. Like, And I'm actually going to do this. He has to clarify. Yeah, he's... Apparently, it said he's actually going to do this. He's going to start this company to build the technology for – he wants to – because he talks about the problem of traffic. It's a two-dimensional problem, where it's not a three-dimensional problem. So if we can make it you know, three-dimensional, then we can go under and around and whatnot. So what he wants to do is basically figure out ways to add extra tunnels, et cetera. And he's added this to his bio already on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, at Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, tunnels, yes, tunnels, and open AI. <laughs> so yeah, he, he said it, it shall be called the boring company <laughs> boring now, it's what we do by the way that's literally what he tweeted for audio <laughs> listeners is it shall be called the boring company <laughs> this was at 6 a.m <laughs> in the morning just so wow. now just for a little more backup on this though when he's talked about their plans for going to mars they've talked about tunnel boring equipment one of the things that they'd want to bring with them would be tunnel boring equipment and able to build habitats under the martian surface so there is sort of a cross sort of benefit there and we're seeing that how a lot of his companies and endeavors sort of can interrelate between them so tesla and solar city there was a lot of correlation as they realized that building solar panels at your house meant you probably needed to have battery backups and tesla was becoming a big battery company and the idea that tesla could become this all-in-one lifestyle sort of company and that's where they're going now like you can you know you can call them up order a tesla order solar panels and a battery in your house with spacex and the idea of space exploration the idea of tunnels might be useful etc so he is uh seems to be very very serious about this and uh what he thoughts what what uh, tunnels do we uh, are are these underground road? I'm trying to think of what the practical application here is. Extra highways. Imagine more roads in places instead of. But you only have so much surface area in which you could build roads, right? Right. 
So if you wanted to add another freeway, you really can't. Like in LA, we can't add another freeway, right? You could do a double-decker freeway, whatever, but it's problematic. But if you go down and you start boring underneath the earth, you know, like where subways are or whatever, but you start digging massive, long roadways and stuff, and it might – and here's the funny thing. This is the funny way that he thinks, which is actually really kind of brilliant. So they announced – Solar City announced that they were going to Tesla where they were going to put out these solar tiles, right, for roofs. And they said that they were thinking that they may actually be able to get the price of those solar panels on your roof cheaper than a new roof, than a nice new roof. And you go, how is that possible? Roofs are super simple. It's just tile, whatever. But when they went in to go look into the cost of what it costs to have tiles, et cetera, put on your roof – Half of the cost or more was shipping, was how much it costs because of the weight, where his glass roofs are way much less, and so they can be competitive there. And he thinks there's a number of places if they found efficiencies or inefficiencies that they can create efficiencies there. So they're thinking that they may be able to get to the point where it is cheaper to just build one of his solar roofs than it is to get an existing tile roof, et cetera. So if you're talking about like people go like, well, tunneling is expensive. It's super, super expensive. It is. You know what else is expensive? Real estate in Los Angeles and San Francisco. And you're at a point where it might be just cheaper to dig. So here's my question. And and by the way, if you look at, you know, they just two years ago opened the new expanse of the Bay Bridge, which is how I get from Oakland to San Francisco. And that was about you know, how many hundreds of millions of dollars over budget in about 10 years too late. So the idea that there needs to be newer, safer ways to get from one place to another in the Bay Area are, is not, you know, new. It certainly is a problem. The first thing that pops into my mind, though, and I'm sure anybody from Boston uh, probably immediately thinks this, too, is that, you know, underground highways like what they saw with the big dig can be problematic and expensive and uh, something that is a tremendous disruption uh, for, for, for many, many years. So what I wonder is not to cast doubts on somebody as smart as Elon Musk, but rather what is the, the, the process, the order of operations to do something like this? Right, because we have, a, we have an entire infrastructure right underground, right, between gas lines, power lines, cable lines, phone lines, whatever, that are, uh, I guess, relatively not very far below the surface, but you still have to find a way through all of that and all of that property um, and 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 then connect it to, to all the major roadways. Not that it's impossible because these are really long-term goals. Uh, well, well, yeah, those those it's not a snap your fingers and it's solved problem, but it is a question of have we we do build tunnels. We do do a lot of that. That's an existing thing that we do. And there, there are certain cities in Europe that have tons of them to get around. We have subway systems, et cetera. It's in places where it's been cost effective no matter what, like New York City, riddled with tunnels. They've been building tunnels. They have there is in New York City, they're building tunnels like in the 19th century for bringing cattle from like near uh, uh, the Grand Central to the port, you know, like there's like, there's still an underground narrow cattle tunnel there. Like we've been, these things have been always been very useful. The problem has just been costs and those things. But if you can, if you have a way to say, listen, we can, we can get through, you know, a hundred feet of dirt at a fraction of the cost of the cost before, and we can go deeper and we can do this, that could be revolutionary. And we, we all sort of imagine that so much of the future is when you talk about what do we imagine we're going to have in the future? We're going to have robots we talk to. We're going to be going to other planets. We have cars that drive themselves, flying cars, 
And then a lot of like, again, yeah, a lot of stuff's underground. A lot of stuff is underground. We always sort of imagine that, that we're going to be building more stuff underground. And I think that comes up. So this kind of falls in the category of let's let's improve the technology for doing that. So go deeper. Like, yeah, there is there's the stuff, but you've got, you know, several thousand miles till you reach the core. Of course, you know, a couple miles down, it starts to get really warm. But you've got you can go much further down. You've got a lot of, you know, opportunity there. And I guess when when you think of like retro retro futurism and and the ideas of like we would live we could live in you know these big colony um, compounds you know where you've got transportation and 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 residential and, and shopping all in one you know sort of tiered system rather than building up it might make sense to build down. Yeah, and you could you could start getting rid of a lot of roads and things like that. Build more greenways. You know, green. You know, make things greenify. Whatever you want to call that. You have that opportunity to do that, and uh, there is and, and things. The way you can make it work too is the problem with so many of these projects is that once the government is the person paying for it, costs go out of control because there are far more people who are looking to make a buck off that system and can get in on that. Like that's the problem with like our high speed rail system in California. It's the most expensive per mile rail system in the world and the slowest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's you start looking at all of the who makes money off this thing, construction firms, unions, landowners, everything. You just it's just a big, huge cash pile that people want to start grabbing. And the cost of it, if it gets more expensive than most people are like, hey, yeah, well, maybe we'll, we'll take us five years longer to pay it off becomes a sort of thinking and it becomes this problematic thing. An approach towards this could be if you were, you know, if you were Elon Musk and a consortium could say, hey, uh, We'll pay City of Los Angeles for permission to build this thing. We're going to pay you to build it. We're not going to ask for a single dime. We just want permitting. We want to be able to, you know, be able to do this and make sure that, you know, we're not going to have landowners upset, whatever. But that could be an approach towards it. Is that you say instead of it being something that the public has to pay for, it becomes a totally, you know, a private road. And people are like, oh, private roads. Ooh, we have toll roads already. We already pay for transportation. So. You know, why not just get us out of the business of having to subsidize it because we always lose money? Look at stadiums. Stadiums are like, you know, an example. We just pour tons of money into something to enrich a few people. But if we flip flip that and went to a private toll road system for that, might be an opportunity. So, I guess that's my 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 next question is who owns the ground that you are tunneling under. Obviously there is restrictions to how much you own. If you own a land or a building, how much you own above you, uh, how much do you own below you? It, that can depend. So there's mineral rights and things like that. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know how that would vary city by city or state by state as far as that, you know, and also, you know, in, in, if you look at like some deeds and things like that too, sometimes the way like you know, part of the reason the eminent domain sort of works is like you 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 have a title to something but you don't actually own it mm-hmm. too. So uh, we'll see. And you, but you could declare eminent domain and say yeah, it's not going to interfere. Whatever or we've determined that this isn't going to be too problematic and go about it. Do you so. think? Uh, do you think underground property? Um, and and for some, I'm I'm still like stuck on like thinking about underground residential, like living underground almost. I've, I've already jumped to like chuds basically. Uh, mm. Is it, <laughs> is it, where are the, what about, wh- whither the chuds? <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it going to be, do you think we will see underground uh, as, as a luxury move, as a, as a step up, uh, so to speak? Or do you think 
it will be like uh, I, I wonder where underground life will will land on our our you know cultural scale of you know well, I mean, Bryce, think about like where do high rises and, and the answer can be different things. You have some high rises in cities that are great and some of them are projects, which are scary. I think that when you talk about a place like Bay Area, like, you know, Bay Area, you have really rent control and things like that have made it just incredibly restrictive and almost difficult to sort of increase the capacity to build lower cost housing there. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you because the people who live there and have housing do not want to see those, they don't want lower cost housing. They're happy with how, you know, the people, they're happy with the high, the housing price is going up. Yeah. And you have, you know, very problematic situation. But if you have this technology that says, hey, we can readily add, you know, 100 acres or whatever of underground land for living there, like, uh, you know, I think initially it'll be upper middle class. But I think that eventually, you know, if you have a choice between, you know, a place with a really nice view, mm -hmm versus a place that's not but you might get you might start building houses with like very very narrow sort of imagine a house that's like you know you talk about these micro houses imagine a house that's you know 40 feet by 40 feet across and goes straight down and just as a skylight oh, right yeah you know i think i think about like the apartment i'm in you know you could you know you could cut i'm in a my apartment out here in LA is, you know, it's a one bedroom apartment. And if I cut this thing in half and built three stories up and put skylights there or whatever, it would be a million dollar place in LA. You yeah. know what I just realized? Uh, uh, we, we've been thinking terrestrial, you guys. Like space mining, boring in space. I mean, that's the per that's, well, you, that's actually a really perfect synergy, huh? Am I, am I late to, to this party? Space, uh, Bryce, because it's already space, but. Well, okay. <laughs> Outer space. The, the, well, that's what I, I mentioned at the, the yeah. top. Yeah. Was, Elon had talked about Mars, and the part of what they wanted to bring to Mars was boring equipment. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's where the cross-purposes of his companies, where you know Tesla and solar work together with SpaceX and the boring company, there might be he has a, a, a reason to say, hey, we have the technology you know, for that. Mm -mm -mm. So uh, can, can we parse exactly how serious this is? And obviously he went out and said, hey, this is very, very serious. But, you know, with, with Hyperloop, he came out, put out the white paper and said, everybody who works with me is saying, like, please just get this out of your head, put it out there into the world and let's just see what happens with it, because we can't afford to have you focus on it. Is this in in a year? Are we going to be talking about the boring company or is this something that? Elon is, is, is fixated on currently. He's going to have a group of engineers at space. My prediction time is SpaceX engineers working on boring equipment for both Mars and earth, looking for innovations and things they can do there. And I think this came about because they've already made some realizations about areas for improving efficiency. So this is something where it's like now they, they have the equipment, they have the solutions, they have like, you know, the, the ideas on what they're going to do. And now it's like, well, hell, you know, why don't we just go ahead and turn those drills downward right here and just see what we can do? Well, go. he could go buy a company. Like now the, the amount of wealth he has to buy a, a, a construction company or invest in a company that is already doing this or to partner with somebody like that is not infeasible at all. He can go get at the meeting. If he says, hey, my engineers have some new solutions, let's talk about this so we can work with existing companies that are doing this and say, hey, here's an approach. So he has that capability. Yeah, because well, they're – are a lot of opportunities above and below, uh, uh, on rather on and off Earth. 
And he he can imagine if Elon Musk says, you know, as a guy, as his reputation as engineer, and again, again, let's make it very clear, this could be pine, he could be totally deluded, totally crazy here, whatever, you know, where, where he seems to have a really good batting average, though. He could go to a company like De Beers, you know, one of the biggest mining companies in the world, and say, hey, do you guys want to put some money into this project? I've got some engineers that got something new. You know, you want to put a few hundred million into seeing if we can develop something that's faster and better and build, just build a better boring machine. Step one, build a better boring machine, build a machine that is better, that takes advantage of what he knows about automation, all these other things. Do we think that Elon Musk could probably take, you know, existing industrial boring machines and radically improve them, build them cheaper? Yeah, 110%. Yeah. Okay. Also, what, man, oh, sorry, go ahead. Keep going. What is the value for that in mining alone? What is the value for that in there? And there's, there are tons of other smaller applications like Every day we're digging tunnels to put fiber optic cable. Every day we're digging tunnels for sewers. Every day there's an active industry of, build, of do, doing these things. So if they can, if he can create the boring company and say, hey, we can go and we're going to go bid on these some of these projects and stuff to go build these. You know, you already got to build a sewer line, and then maybe say like, hey, you got to build a new sewer line. You know, why don't we make it a little bit bigger? We can put sewer and put some other stuff there. Yeah. Well, not to mention like things like uh, coal, natural gas, and like excavation just straight excavation work like that optimization especially at that level could help a, yeah. a ton of in- industries yeah i don't i don't it's an area where one of the things that he's realized is there are certain areas industries in which there has been a lack of the amount of engineering talent has not been there and so that that happened with electric cars is that you had either the the big companies, which were not really known for radical innovations and not really savvy to kind of the, the how to make things faster and iterate faster mentality, were not really leading with electric cars. So he was able to take some brilliant engineers and take go for a lot of low-hanging fruit. A lot of what he was trying to do were things that people were like, well, yeah, no, of course you use lithium-ion instead of this. Of course you use regenerative braking. Of course you do these sorts of things. He was going able, able to go after low-hanging fruit there. The same thing happens, you know, uh, uh, with space with, you know, he looked at like, man, we have not built a brand new American designed rocket engine in like 40 years and the tools have gotten better and the design systems have gotten better. Maybe it could be done. And he went into an industry where, you know, people were like, we're just became, had been stuck. We're very, very stuck because they had a market for what they're doing and there wasn't innovation, cars, spaceships, things like that. So does he have the ability to go into an in- industry like mining machines? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, one hundred and fifty percent. I mean, the, the, there's there is no part of this that I don't think he can be successful at because it does fit all the criteria of the of of the kind of stuff that he tends to have a good track record in. It's a big problem, right? It really relies on, like you said, just fundamental uh, of uh, innovation by way of efficiency and. Uh, it has that like big picture. We're changing the world kind of thing that he tends to really get, you know, hyped up about. What do you think? What next? What what major industry do you think he's going to get in when the line at Chipotle is too long? Like, 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 do you think that this is something he's he's been thinking a lot and considering about, or do you think this all? the genesis of this were these twi- tweets. Yeah, no, that, 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 is, that is a good question. How long ago did he start thinking about, you know, uh, uh, having it be an earth uh, applicable company? Not, not the idea of doing the tunnels on, on Mars, but no, we need to do it here. 
months, yeah, weeks, yeah. minutes before he yeah, tweeted. Been years. I think he's, he's, he's mentioned this he's before. Mentioned this. I think he's brought he did, this up before. He's talked about the idea of putting things in the center lane, doing elevated car pathways, things like this. He's been very fixated on transportation and traffic. This has very much been a topic for him. And uh, yeah, how far away is he from trying to fix the line at Chipotle? I don't know. I mean, he's talking about Martian pizza parlors, so who knows? I, I think that it certainly <gasps> is. It's a long game. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, but, but, by the way, I, I think Chipotle did a pretty good job of uh, solving the long lines of Chipotle. <laughs> I think that for for him, if you look at and you say there are a couple of things, you look at like what part of the future don't we have? And he's been very good at saying these are the things that we think we're going to have in the future. We don't have now and we could have now. It's just it's not a these things aren't really high. They're not science problems. We're not trying to build warp drive. We're just trying to take the you – know, we're taking things that have not evolved in the last 50 or 60 years and applying some engineering to it. So he's good at those. Transportation's a big thing. I think also for him, he is getting into every sector of the economy from in, – in, in going deep. So Tesla was cars. Tesla plus solar cities, cars, and energy. SpaceX is spaceships but also means satellites, which means – communications which we know that he's their tesla or excuse me spacex is building their own they announced plans to put four thousand satellites into low earth orbit to blanket the planet in high-speed internet so he keeps looking at it. then what is the biggest financial frontier what is like really the biggest mainstay ever it's real estate and so a system of you know being able to you know uh have these boring machines and things like that to take take high price two dimensional real estate and t- turn it into three dimensional, you know, environments could be huge. Yeah, man. Here's like, obviously, we are in love with Elon Musk. We talk about Elon Musk a lot, and we praise him on every step. And when he does Tesla uh, and Solar City, oh my God, uh, 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 these gigantic batteries and solar panels to harness the energy. SpaceX, these satellites out there in space, the boring company. He's going to find a better, more efficient way to dig holes. We're all going to be just showering him in praise right up to the point where he lets us know that he's harnessing the sun's energy to shoot a laser into the Earth's core unless we pay him all the world's money. Like, this is all, we're all just going to be like, hooray, hooray, Elon Musk, until he actually is like, no. No, I'm a real Bond villain. Remember the joke of me being a Bond villain? I'm a real Bond villain. Pay me all the world's money. I'm I'm okay with this. <laughs> I, for one, welcome our South American on, or South, uh, South African uh, entrepreneur overlord. There was a uh, – one of my favorite Superman comics was this storyline of like what if like Lex Luthor won and uh, – became president and we we lived under the rule of lex luther did you read this um, uh yes no it, it's yeah. one of one of our one of our favorite topics of conversation yeah yeah let's talk about bryce too you know. yeah um, i've yeah. i've i've heard about 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 that uh that arc i believe but yeah I, I and anyhow it. the long story short is uh utopia Turns out really, really good. <laughs> Things are, you know, because he is, you know, this brilliant mastermind, you know, who actually has this great noble vision, which I always love that version of, of Lex Luthor. And, uh, you know, I, I listen, I was I actually it was a, a thought that I was going to bring up. Was like, at what point do we do we know that he's now a Bond villain? You know, um, <laughs> and, you know, listen, uh, like I said, I think it's his simulation, you know. And oh, you think he he's the the user at the commands, yeah. running yeah. the same. Wow, that, you know, because it's a scenario where like he gets to, 
you know, he gets to build spaceships, electric cars. Tony Stark gets based on him. He gets to date and be- the, the most beautiful women in the world. Sure. And well, and like, er, you know, Earth Mover, like terraforming options. Like, this is his mind. Yeah. This is his Minecraft. Yeah, we're, we're just, I'm, I'm, he's told us too, it's a simulation. You know, he's, it's, <laughs> It's just Clearly. Not, it's, oh. Well, and now he's like I'll the, open, what, op, that, the open AI thing because he's afraid of the next level that they're going to throw against and the big boss is going to be some monster AI, so he's got his own company working to try to fight this. To make his own companions, sure. Or to fight, I'm yeah. not injured. Uh, that doesn't look like anything to me. But <laughs> yeah. what does look like something to me is patreon.com slash weird things. You can support us at patreon.com slash weird things. And uh, thank you to everybody who has... Obviously, during the holidays, this is a time where money gets a little uh, uh, tight, and we want to thank everybody extra for being with us during December. Uh, uh, It really, really means a lot to us, and it's the reason why we are able to be here uh, uh, every week, except for Brian this week. He doesn't get a check. So other than that, uh, uh, we are all very, very appreciative, except for Brian this week. But other than that, me, Andrew, Bryce, we love you every week. And Brian loves you every week, but this except week. for this week. Yeah, and it really does not love you this week. It's just, well, no. yeah. <laughs> and don't forget, you can get uh, the after show, after things on an RSS feed early if you subscribe via Patreon.com. You'll get it the day it comes out, and not on Wednesday when it goes out to everybody in public. So check it out; they make it really easy. You don't even have to deal with like login stuff. So Patreon.com/slash Weird Things. Yep, that after things podcast is a lot of fun, and we've had people tell us that they think that may be one of the best things we do. Yeah. No, I mean, it's always a little bit more entrepreneurial, a little more focused on projects and stuff like that. But uh, but I, I would encourage everybody, if you have not listened to After Things, give it a, give it a spin. Yeah. All right, guys. I got a – well, let's do – man, I didn't want to talk about this. I did not want to address this. But I feel it would be remiss if we didn't address it. What's bothering you? What's, what's, what's that? What's up? What's bothering hey, what's you? what's up? Hey, man, what's going on? Hey. Uh, hey. The news – the Magic Leap stuff. Oh yeah, uh, that was yes. Oh, oh. So this, this is a this is sensitive for Andrew and I because uh, uh, you know uh, Andrew and I grew up in and around the town of Plantation, Florida. The fact that Magic Leap has made their home one of the most exciting companies in tech has made their home in Plantation, Florida, is uh, a very exciting for the both of us and. You know, there was this little ticking clock in my head, and, and, and I know more about journalism and news cycles than I know about AR tech development, as much as I am a fan of it. And it was at a point where you got to, like, the third super fawning uh, uh, big profile about Magic Leap that didn't really show any more tech, or at least didn't allow the writers of the piece to talk about uh, anything new that we hadn't heard of. And they were always very insistent that they were nowhere near releasing anything, a product, an SDK, anything that they were still just grinding and grinding and grinding that I kind of felt like there's a clock on this. And at some point it's going to strike midnight and and we're going to start getting backlash because nothing's happened. And, And we have now... Not only at, at the very least hit that point, if not, we, we, we begin to get the real questions of does the emperor have any clothes? 
okay, for, let me clarify. The, the dividing line for me isn't like, oh, they take – tech always takes longer. Always, always takes longer, okay? I have a deposit on a Model 3, right? Tesla Model 3. Do I really think I'm going to – you know, they're going to be delivering this thing in full quantity by the end of 2017? I don't have that expectation. My friends, other friends who did that said, yeah, you know, be great. We're not – planning on those things meeting that delivery date and and elon musk has said you know he's trying to get his best efforts whatever and he's become aware of yes talking about the earliest point it could be the ready people take the mean that that's when it's going to be ready or whatever so i mean i'm i'm used to the idea that it takes a while for things to happen whatever my my frustration and i don't know this is true but it was an article in the information which dig dug into this Remember that we showed this video that showed them playing this this really kick-ass game in the office, right? Looks amazing. Uh, robots I made, are, not only yeah, you had a gun and was, you were fighting off bad guys and tanks and yeah. stuff, but in your yeah. space, it, it, you know, it yeah. kind of had like a almost steampunky FPS alien uh, uh, sort of look to it. It also showed a UI for Gmail uh, uh, that you were able to to search through. It looked great. All these big chunky icons and everything that that were uh i mean they are the future of ar like we've wanted it like 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 we've we've imagined it i mean it was a reason why it stoked this uh this this idea and and this is what we're watching right now if you're you're seeing this either live or on and this was tweeted out with what we're playing around the office yeah which would imply to you what that it's that they were real... playing it around the office. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, and we we were looking at another video earlier with the uh, the solar the solar uh, solar system uh, demo, and it even says on the video shot directly through the Magic Leap technology. No, but here thing but... that one I think came. Did that one come after the, the came video after. game? It after. did. The office that, one. That was, was the very that first had me a little bit worried because they had this really kick-ass video of the playing this video game. They said this is what we're doing right now, right? Mm-hmm. According to the information, the art, the, the the site, the information they said that game don't exist. That was just a completely. It was composited, whatever. They was not shot through any headgear or anything like that. That was a complete not true thing. If you you know what that was, that was their claim. Okay, so that's my problem. Number one is that it's not even like hey. This is what it could look like. Like, you know, we could talk about the Google Glass demo where it felt like it was like a full screen AR thing and it turned out it was a small screen, whatever, but they didn't lie. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't leave this false impression out there. And then when we got a while weeks later or months later, we got the smaller, less impressive demo. And there's like there's a cool demo of R2D2 and C3PO, which is kind of cool. But we got these demos that weren't like that other one. It was sort of weird. And it kind of makes sense in the idea that, like, yeah, no, that thing, and understand there this company's funded funded to over a billion dollars over a yeah. billion dollars in funding and uh in the old motorola building where i was a uh i was a young motorola scholar student there i was part of their program for aspiring engineers and uh anyhow uh this rttd thing looks really cool looks really really cool but like we now that we've heard that like hey guess what this thing that we told you that we're actually playing that was completely not real like where do we what do we trust and i've heard that they've had i may or may not have talked to people who've had firsthand experience with the equipment um and what they saw was extremely huge and bulky but everybody's been told the thing is getting smaller but i think that is it going to just become a conventional thing not a conventional but is it going to become like you know uh hololens well so here's 
what you know as you know that that information article came out and 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 everybody kind of descended on it now a lot of uh you know kind of secondary information is sort of spilling out the what what seems to be the case is that what all the 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 reporters that have come in and and tried is this far larger far bulkier almost like the size of those the machine that you do the eye tests at the optometrist, you know, like, like the better one, better two kind of machine. Yeah. Uh, that is not mobile. That does not, you know, move around in the way that we have seen stuff. So maybe they can, they can put it on a rig or something to shoot those videos that makes it, gives you the illusion that these are just glasses on your head, but they are having a real, 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 real hard time getting that technology, which can, in, in how they have it in that gigantic machine, effectively do the magic that beams the stuff into your field of vision as opposed to putting like the glass there in front of it. But they can't get it to scale down as of yet. And that's what the holdup and that's what the problem is. Yeah, which is, is similarly not the issue that the HoloLenses have because we've seen HoloLens units and they are starting to take shape in what they will actually be. Um, even though they are doing the exact same thing as shooting these these big immersive demos through through this technology, uh, even though it may not be representative of what the final product is, but I, we actually don't know what the Hololens will look like and what we should expect from it at all, other than these videos. Oh no, Hololens is like shipping. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, yeah, Hololens is, is out there. Oh yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's developer. So, I mean, it's, it's even further along than than than. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Hololens is a product. Hololens. The the problem with Hololens was the 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 realization that what you see is this very narrow field of view. It's not an. It's not like a 170 degree AR. It's a very small window thing that just the slightest move of your head it goes out of there. But they've apparently built really good room sensing. Microsoft built really good room sensing. The the augmented parts of it seem to be really good, and it's going to be a matter of incrementally increasing that field of view. And I think once that field of view encompasses your total field of view, it could be a great product. And you know, we know Apple's working on this too. Apple's got their own plans for this. Tim Cook has talked about how excited he is about augmented reality. And so we may see a, we don't have, there is not a major augmented reality player right now. And I think that is going to be, you know, we're going to see what happens between Oculus and Vive and whatnot and that back and forth there. But I think that the key to really, the, the really thing that we want is, you need, the thing needs to be standalone. It needs to be self-contained. You know, somebody sent me this. Hey, they got a cool backpack you can put your VR stuff into. And I'm like, that's that's the jankiest, dumbest thing in the world. You know, that's two years from now that's sitting in your drawer because it's just like, yeah, remember when we had to wear? Remember when we were plugged into our desktop? Or remember when we had to wear the backpack for this? Yeah. Oh no, it, it, it's it, it's 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 the briefcase telephone that my dad yeah. used to have back in the you know uh, late '80s, early '90s, right? Like it, it's it's a a, a ridiculous concept from where you assume we are going as everything obviously gets faster and smaller, but ah, man, Andrew, what's your, do you feel that there is an irreparable trust lost in magic leap? I, I feel taken because you know, it showing, we showed that we talked about that video before that saying that, you know, we, what they repeating, what they told us, they said, Hey, yeah, this thing is apparently real. It's things been working on blah, blah, blah. We repeated it. I repeated. Like there are some stories, by the way. Sometimes people send me that I don't do on weird things because they're they're sort of BS stories that are meant to just sort of kind of get people talking about stuff. And I think there's just sort of deceptive. There's not a story there. 
I feel I would like to be wrong. I would like to be wrong. I would like to be I would like to believe that they've got they really do have something cool and they weren't just just ran headfirst into something that realized there was a technological limitation and they were just trying to desperately win over people because we talked about remember HoloLens came out where our prediction was we're going to see something from Magic Leap soon. And we did, you know, because Magic Leap felt like they had to answer it. I'm personally a little frustrated at the fact that it's not a matter of that the, the, the that was not presented. It was deceptive, and I'm bothered by that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly even if they, even if they make a product that make does exactly what they showed in that video, this is still a big PR hit. Uh, just in 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 general, like r- regardless of the tech and trust, like you have put a lot of publications and a lot of people who have read these stories and 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 thought. That and they're they're had a PR what? left. They've had a couple people left. There's another venture. I think Andy Rubin. I think is is doing his own sort of project. Uh, you know, a former Google guy. I think it was by Nest, etc. Or the Fidel. But anyhow, uh, Android rather. Um, and so he's off doing something. So I've heard a couple of Magic Leap people have left that. A new marketing officer, rather. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's. We'll see. I, I, you know, I, my, my frustration just comes from the way that was presented. The way that it was presented was to sort of say, "Hey, this is where we are," but it turns out that no, and we, you know, we've been talking about them for two years now, and I'm, 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 I'm ready. Like, I'm going to concede the future of AR right now to Apple and Microsoft, maybe Google. Google, Google has the potential for that, um, but they're, they're, they've been so reactionary after what happened with the glass. Sure. That, so They've got great tech, though. What do what do you like in in a large picture? What do you think will be the most successful of the types of of augmented or virtual reality that we've we've seen the Google VR stuff, which is all phone and device based. You've got mm-hmm. things like the Vive and the Oculus, which are very desktop, big room experiences. You've got Hololens, which is trying to be an un, a dedicated, un, unconnected uh, AR device. Like it, what? What are those like appeals to you in a way that you think will ultimately win? Ultimately, kind of come out ahead of the others. I think it's it's going to be. I think it's going to be a standalone device. I think that the Google Gear and stuff like that, which was actually based upon, uh, by the way, credit to uh, USC's uh, uh, MXR Lab. I mean, they were the ones that were like they they were the ones that sort of pioneered that whole thing. I I built a Google Card before Google came out with it because it was called something else when USC had their plans and stuff for it. You know, you could anybody could download and do it. So they got a lot of credit for something they they, they certainly got behind, but. It existed before them. Um, but anyhow, uh, I think it's a neat thing. It's a neat gimmicky thing you can do with your phone, but that's all it is. They've got some cool apps like the the camera, the cardboard camera app for the iPhone and for, for Android is really cool. But it's not – the difference between that and actual really good VR, like totally immersive, is a world of difference. A world of difference between that and when you do the Vive and you have you know full, full sensing, present sensing. Mm-hmm. So – Phones are going to get more sophisticated and we'll be able to do that. You have the hardware in there, but you still need to have a lot of hardware in the headset. So you're going to still need a couple hundred device, a couple hundred dollar device to really give you good sound, really good lenses and stuff. And it's just like, might as well just make it a self-contained device with a much wider view screen and et cetera to handle these things and balance the weight in the back of your head. So the the future form of this is going to be a, a standalone device that 
might have you might have apps that work on both your phone and that you know i think that we're seeing a very interesting approach like what the nintendo switch is what they're trying to do and the idea of the thing that moves with you and the integration of games across the board but i believe it is absolutely a standalone device Mm-mm-mm. so uh, it, it does uh, you know in, in the interest of full disclosure the ceo of magic leap ronnie abovitz uh did respond on twitter to the information article uh with a picture on december 9th uh, which is a, a billboard. I'm assuming a fake billboard, or maybe this is a, another Magic Leap thing. But it, it, it is a big billboard that has a train kind of charging into what looks like the ocean, and it says Magic Leap is coming. And he just writes "Believe" with a smiley face, with sunglasses on. Uh, he then tweeted out a bunch of, uh, you know, Wikipedia's to albums, and then did a little, uh, you know, a, a clearing of bits. Uh, in which he, uh, you know, kind of defended his position with Magic Leap. Uh, he has continued to tweet about it. He is certainly, uh, you know, in in the in the tweet through it philosophy. But he continues to feel that this is on track. Nothing to see here. This article is just a misconception of people not understanding exactly how they do things at Magic Leap. Uh, I- but. It- yeah, so it's like, hey, yeah, the video's shot directly through here. We pointed out they're shot directly through there. Like, yeah, but you also put out a video that said we're playing this. You know, this is a yeah. thing. And and so when does that mean? I mean, I I you know, how do we how do we evaluate anything that comes out of your PR department? How it, do we evaluate it, anything? It's putting the onus on us to to say, oh, you believe that? I mean, we you didn't, didn't see say the it. caption, guys. Yeah, there's no caption. To this one didn't have it. the caption, even though none of them had the caption because that was the first one. You know, yeah, like, so. and also there, there was, and and granted, Magic Leap has been very cagey about what they say and when they say it, right? But sure. it certainly seemed like what they were putting out was that when this was done with Weta, the 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 special effects company, that you assumed the the graphics were created by Weta, not the yeah. entire video, mm-hmm. right? I hope he, uh, you know serves us up a big plate of crow you know i hope uh i i hope um my uh my frustration's misguided and that i'm overblown on this and that i'm gonna owe a big huge apology for my disappointment and not believing i hope that's the case <laughs> i mean that's you know listen uh uh obviously i mean I, i'm I, I will cop to the fact that i i root for magic leap more than i root for other companies because it's from a town that i lived in so like you know <laughs> yeah. that's that uh, that might be provincial of me but uh i i do between that and and how cool the promise of it is uh i think that there's that but ultimately it's like yeah they might have a great technological solution but like andrew said i think you're totally right if it's not portable if it's not wearable if it doesn't really materially uh, uh affect my life like i don't know i, I feel like we've had you know you, you'll always go ahead and buy the, the the next new thing if you're interested in the incremental success but you know we're looking for the home run we're looking for the change the game uh a product that it seemed like magic leap could be that uh, for me i'm with you andrew i think that i have less less faith that they're that I and I'm I'm kind of increasingly turning my eyes towards Apple to see what happens there. You know, they talk they they never talk about what they're going to doing, but when they started talking about wearables being an exciting future, eventually we got the Apple Watch, which I think is is as far as digital watch assistance is a very is become a very solid 
device, very, very solid and useful, is, is certainly the leader in what it does. And if you want a watch and you want a smart watch, that's the watch you get. The market, the overall market for that, I bought one, I'm not wearing it, so that's debatable. As far as augmented reality systems and the difference between augmented and VR, and in augmented reality in theory, you can make an augmented reality device that can also do VR. You know, augmented is where it projects images on, on the world around you, where VR is you're just totally, you know, looking at screens. I think AR could be absolutely, absolutely huge. I think that, uh, you know, I've been talking to people who are working in AR about stuff and, you know, things that, you know, are just to think about the idea that imagine with the release of Rogue One, you could have every major city at parks had Rogue One meetups where if you brought an augmented reality headset there, you could play a game in the open field there that was location specific to that. You know, I mean, you could be- It'd be great. I mean, uh, you know, my, well, one of my favorite video game moments this year, and granted, I do not play a ton of video games, but was when 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 Pokemon Go was at its height and you could just walk outside and there were like just 15 people just hanging out, like looking to do a thing in, in, a, in a physical place. And you're like, man, like we should f- we should find more reasons to do this. Random strangers like this seems like a cool thing. And, and you- as it gets cheaper and easier to to develop for those sorts of things you can you'll see more and more of those as smaller experiences like like andrew is talking about like a rogue one promotional thing and you could do you could do things like we have if the if the imaging senses were better but you could right now you could put on a headset walk around your house have it make a virtual map of your house and then turn your house into a haunted house where you you turn out the lights, you hear spooky things, you walk around, and it knows where windows are and doors are and things like that because it just does that, and it creates a, just a, a completely terrifying experience in your own house, and your friends can come over and you could play that. You could do things like you could start turning real spaces into you know quests in Dungeons and Dragons style adventures. You can turn existing infrastructures. You take escape room stuff. You take abandoned buildings or whatever and stuff. There is an entirely new economy based around augmented reality systems that I see there of experiences. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, like we've mentioned, the software is going to get easier to make and the hardware mm-hmm. is going to become cheaper. Like, yeah, that's like, just going to happen. I've, I've, done, like, I've done VR programming using, uh, like, uh, uh, Unity or Unreal. I've, done, I've gone in there and I've done that before I knew anything about programming. And that, that game, high-end game development software has become extremely easy to use that, that a chimp like me can go in there and create virtual realms and stuff. Mm-hmm. And as you say, Brian, it's gonna get even simpler. And that's a big thing is, is games have become more sophisticated. Game makers are trying to make the tools to make it easier to do. Yeah. So, uh, gentlemen, um, let's just go to picks. Okay. And, uh, Cause we'll go jump into after things and that's cool. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, so we are, we're, we're, we're going to table, uh, table, table the journey quest until we get just, our full, our full a, a super short journey quest, uh, image right you know, for you right now. Uh, Brian is being tortured in some horrific way. Leave it to your imagination. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. There. I'm down for that for sure. some reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, picks. Uh, uh, Andrew, do you got a pick? I have a pick. And let me tell you what, all right? Uh, if you don't like this, shut up, world. This is this is one of my favorite movies of the year. It is a delightful, delightful movie. It is from a director whose last movie I loved and thought was uh, a textbook example of how to build great characters. And uh, talk about uh, 
Taika Watiti, whose name I can never pronounce right, but nobody else can, who directed What We Do in Shadows, which was an utterly fantastic, you know, mockumentary about vampires that just made you really, really like the characters the more that it developed and just had so much more heart than you expected out of what you thought was just going to be a bunch of fun gags. And then his latest movie is The Hunt for the Wilder People, right? The Hunt for the Wilder People is uh, an adventure comedy drama. Uh, it stars uh, Sam Neill and then uh, uh, Julian Dennison as uh, the kid. It is based on, I think it was based on a story that he wrote an adaptation of it. Uh, it is heartfelt. It's hilarious. The characters in it are wonderful. If you saw the trailer, you're like, oh, that looks like fun. See the movie. Get it however you can. It is just, I thought it was just such a delightful movie. So Hunt for the Wilder People. Where'd you where'd you see that? Did you see that in the theater? Well, it was a week ago on iTunes. It was a ninety nine cent rental. Oh wow, yeah, that's very cool. Uh, uh, Juice, uh, you got a pick? Yeah, uh, I, I, I we, Ashley and I on a Friday night we uh, decided uh, that we were just going to stay in, and we started watching Black Mirror, and uh, we only watched the first one with, with the uh, the Prime Minister and his and his dilemma there. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, no, I was uh, I was uh, uh, excited to watch more. I had, you know, some some kind of uh, uh, questions about the general <laughs> morality of that story. But um, uh, in uh, uh, all things being equal, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to dig into what I know is a tremendously praised and obviously well created series. Mm-hmm. So you I guys just, only I got just... one episode in, though. Uh, dude, we were up. Well, you guys so, are like, traveling doing, a lot. Doing uh, Rogue One the night before that uh, that we, we kind of wound up crashing out. It's it's all me. I literally was like falling asleep by the end of it, and then we just went to sleep early. I just what I forgot to add and just point out in the chat room. The director of what of uh, the Hunt for the Wilder People, his next movie is Thor Ragnarok, which oh, right. just made me even more excited about that movie. But mm-hmm. uh, Black Mirror, so that yeah, the Bryce Dallas Howard episode. Uh, that um, I never finished it. I thought it was really well done, and I'm like, yeah, it's like a this is like a sad documentary that just made me just so depressed that I can't continue. <laughs> well, I mean, that's like the credo of Black Mirror, right? Is like the the futility yeah. of of future tech. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's it's cool that that one episode that I had that one wasn't my favorite that first episode of season three, but. Uh, a lot of good stories in there. Uh, I got a pick. Go. Uh, I watched. Uh, I watched this for Cord Killers. I, I, I recommend shows on on Cord Killers for people, and uh, I ended up falling in love with it. And I finished it maybe last week or so. It's called Three Percent. Have you guys heard seen this? You heard about this? Yeah. Uh, heard about it. It's a it's just, yeah the, the 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 Brazilian one. Yeah, it's it it's like one of Netflix's first Brazilian productions, and it's. It's got this kind of sci-fi. It, it it's kind of set like a young adult dystopian movie, but without the things that I don't like about young adult dystopian movies. Right? It's 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 not a lot of heavy on romance. There's a lot of twists and suspense. There's a lot of like actually seeing future tech and the ramifications of of it in society the idea being that like every year or every year anyone who is age 20 i want to say has to take this this test 
uh, and if they pass, they get to go to uh, the offshore, which is a big utopian, high high society, you know, easy to live in life. Uh, but only 3% of the entrants who enter every year are allowed to pass. So you've only got, you know, a couple of dozen kids a year who get to go and, and live on this island. And the ramifications of, of uh, groups that, like, uh, worship the test as like a religious deity almost the groups that want to dismantle the test the pol- the politics from the upper society itself on how they want the test to be run there's a there's a lot of really interesting things here and and uh this i this came out around the time westworld was was on and and uh, i was recommending it to people if you if you didn't think you were getting enough answers out of westworld because it is some similar thoughts and ideas uh, or at least you know uh, themes, thematic thematic images, uh, but with with a little more standard arcs, little episode arcs. Uh, I think it's really cool. That's three uh, percent. It's in it's in uh, Portuguese, so you have to watch with subtitles. Or the, there's an English dub, but I don't love it. <laughs> Just I watched Napoleon Dynamite, and all I can think about is when he sits down in the cafeteria, the girl like, "Do you drink one percent milk because you think you're fat?" <laughs> 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 I'm surprised that no one, movie that, did. Yeah, I'm surprised they don't make a three percent milk joke in, in that, the series. That's that, weird. that movie was so good. So <laughs> yeah. I watched it, uh, and I never, you know what? I never stayed through the credits and watched the end with the wedding scene. Oh, you didn't? No, I had no idea. I'm like, oh. what? There's more. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my brother. One day, he watched. We watched that together. My brother said to me, like, Have you seen Napoleon Dynamite? I'm like, no. He's like, I don't know what to make of it. You know, we start watching it. And I'm just crying, laughing hysterical. My brother starts laughing because he kind of, they just, he needed somebody else to tell him, no, this is where it's fun. This is why, you know, no, this yeah. is, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because they're weird, but they're endearing because they're weird, but you kind of feel like you're maybe making fun of them, but you're not because they're so endearing. Yeah. Wonderful. And you know, I'm training to be a cage fighter. <laughs> it's, it's like he's at the door talking to the girl and she's talking about saving money for college and Kip yells. Your mom goes to college, and you're like, it's not even really a put down, yeah. but it's a put down. Insurance, um, just it's so many. Uh, uh, that's my new. Your mom goes to college. Uh, listen, your mom goes to college, and this has been weird. Thanks, thank you for joining us. It's been weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.